Hey y'all, this podcast is meant for mature audiences only and contains strong adult language. So if you are under 18, be out. We discuss our experiences, thoughts, and tips on ethical non-monogamy from the perspective of a black married couple. We smart, but we not experts. So this show is for entertainment purposes only. So whether you working out, driving, or listening to us on your home sound system, enjoy the show. What's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to the Black and Kinky Lifestyle Podcast. This is The Bomber, and for those of you who don't know, in honor of Black History Month, a.k.a. the month of February, we take the time to feature black sex-positive content creators to tell their story and a little bit about what they do. We're so excited this year because I think we got a pretty diverse group of content creators that are doing some great work around the country. The benefit of this series is that you will get several bonus episodes during the month uh, rather than the typical single month episode and hopefully we'll enlighten you to some folks that you weren't aware of because that's what we do at BNK. We make connections and collaborations. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this series, Black and Sex 2023. <laughs> According to the Oxford Dictionary, dancing is defined as moving rhythmically to music, typically followed by a set sequence of steps. In this episode, we're going to feature a guest who performs and teaches erotic dance. But before we get to them, let's go back in time a little bit. According to Ama Nuno from face2faceafrica.com, in many parts of Africa, dancing can be an art, an expression, or way to drive an outcome. African dances embody the concept of polyrhythm, the simultaneous combination of contrasting rhythms in musical composition. The entire body moves to the rhythm of the music. And this couldn't be truer for the Mari Bayaza dance that can be traced to the Malinke people of Guinea and other West African countries, this dance is really old. In fact, few can even trace the dance itself to any real origin, almost as if it has existed since the beginning of civilization itself. But we do know that this is a dance done exclusively by women, and more specifically, by those who have survived great adversities, and it is done as a prayer or thank you to God. Here's how it would work. Women would dress in worn-out clothes from head to toe, sometimes tying strange things like bells and baskets to their feet with messy hair and headgear tied haphazardly to them. To show great excitement in their communication with their god, the women then go crazy and burst into a frantic dance in an overly excited manner. The dance movements are mostly done with the lower body, with the women sometimes dancing on bended knees. Drummers beat the drums to the dance of this woman symbolizing life and heartbeat around the town. She's accompanied by her fellow women who help her sing and dance the Maribayaza, moving their hips from side to side while stomping their feet. While parading the town with the ensemble, the woman stops at one of the trees. She symbolically removes all the worn out clothes and buries them in a special spot to mean her worries are no longer a part of her. 
The Maribayaza is so significant that a woman can only dance it once in her lifetime. The dance is an embodiment of old African rhythms, music, and dance, and a testament to the rich African culture and the preservation of traditions. According to the African American Registry, black Africans brought their dances to the Americas and the Caribbean islands as slave labor started in the 1500s. Dance has always been an integral part of daily life in Africa. In the Americas, it helped enslaved Africans connect with their homeland and keep their cultural traditions alive. When you think of African-American historical figures and dancing, one name that typically comes to mind is Josephine Baker, being one of the first black women to leave her mark on the dance world, and her legacy is synonymous with sensuality, bravery, and uninhibited passion. But there were others as well, including Bill Robinson, one of the first black solo tap dancing performers, as well as Dato DeFora, who brought West African dance to the States, Pearl Primus, who founded the new dance group, and author Mitch who was the first black dancer in the New York City Ballet in 1956. Now, I could not invite any of them on the show, but our guest today happens to be a dancer, specifically a pole dancer, which is the focus of the episode today. According to Polopedia, yes, I said that right, pole dancing started in the 1920s as somewhat of a circus sideshow attraction before making its way into the erotic entertainment arena in the 1950s in the 1980s, it then saw an explosion of pole dancing in strip clubs across the country, which is more consistent what we typically think of when it comes to pole dancing. But it was in the 1990s when teaching pole dancing as a skill would begin to flourish, and in the 2000s, that skill would become a sport. But despite its evolution, pole dancing has always been an art form, and according to FlyTogetherFitness.com, many black folks have mastered this art form, including Phoenix Kasri, who was the first African-American to compete nationally, Delisia Franklin, the founder of Black Girls Pole, dedicated to increasing the representation of black women in pole dancing, and in case you were assuming that men could not be part of this art form, I'm honored to introduce to you... Benley Rebel, who specializes in exotic pole. Interpret that how you wish. And another who has mastered the art of pole dancing is someone you will hear from in a moment. Okay, so y'all, we have a wonderful guest on the show that I am really looking forward to chatting with today. We have Aspen, who is our exotic, erotic pole dancer. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, Aspen? I'm so glad to have you on the show because I got to say, I was looking at some of your Instagram videos and they are sexy as hell. <laughs> Thank um, you. Well, I began my pole journey in 2016. And it was just something I wanted to always try. I've always had an admiration for strippers, just the way they're able to captivate an audience, the sensuality. As soon as they walk in a the room, they command the audience. And it's just something that I've always been interested in. So I Googled pole studios in my city and a black owned studio came up. I signed up for classes after the first day I was sore as hell, mm. but it was like taking that first hit. I just became addicted and was in class every day. 
And it started as just a hobby, just a way to really express myself and come into my own sensuality. And I had no idea that years later, it would venture into me becoming an instructor. And now I teach at a queer-owned studio here in Columbus, Ohio. O-H-I-O. I don't know if we have any Buckeye fans listening. <laughs> but um, now I teach. And it is such a fulfillment. That is my passion. Because it's more than just pole dancing for me. It's being able to help women, particularly women of color, particularly women of size, plus size, curvy women, to learn how to reconnect with their body, to really prioritize their pleasure, their sensuality, and it's just become my passion. I feel like you're part of our podcast family because I see yeah. you on living the sweet life. I see you commenting on that stuff and you've been, you've been around for a while. And so I'm just happy. <laughs> I'm just happy we get to see you. And I wish that our listeners could actually see you because you are gorgeous. You got your hair done. You got this beautiful body suit. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. <laughs> cleavage all cleavage all day. You got she she got the bedroom lit up in the back. I see the candle on. I feel so romantic right now. It just it feels so sensual. It feels like a 90s R&B video right now. Yes, it's very, very reminiscent. <laughs> that is, that's so my scene. So my scene. Um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to acknowledge that you went to a strip club, you saw what the strippers were doing with that pole and you were like, you know what, I want to do that. And you just just took a class and just and, and, that, and now you're a teacher. How long was the trajectory from the point at which you saw the first stripper and became an instructor? <laughs> How long was that trajectory? The bell wants to know. <laughs> so I started my instructing journey in 2021. It it took some time. And I think a lot of that was more imposter syndrome than anything. Mm -hmm. I probably could have been teaching a long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, but just not feeling comfortable or confident. That's what it was. Just not yeah. really feeling confident enough in my skill set with pole. Something that us pole dancers do, we compare ourselves to other dancers. We compare ourselves to other dancers' journeys. Like, well, why is why are they able to do all that? And I'm still stuck on this little beginner ass move right here. Mm -hmm. But everyone's journey is different and you have to make it for yourself. So I started teaching virtually. I would do virtual privates. I started in 2021. And then I was approached by a studio owner here in Columbus who had been following me, never heard of this person before, mm. and reached out and asked me if I would be interested in teaching in person in the studio. And I said, absolutely. Mm. And here we are. You said that when you first started that you felt sore, like the physicality um, I couldn't lift of my it. arms. Oh, I yeah. could not lift my arms. I remember driving home and... Normally, you know, when you're driving home, you got your hands on a steering wheel, like what, 10 and 2 is what they say. Mm -hmm. It was at the 6. Like, <laughs> all the way home. I could not lift my arms. I could barely take off my shirt to lift. It was the wow. most exhausting workout I had ever done. But mm -hmm. I felt so fulfilled after doing it. I'm like, I have to keep going. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to let it break me. Yeah, that's even, though, what, even though it did break me a few times. Right. That's what I've heard. Like it is very physically intense. A lot of bruising, I guess. Pole kisses. That's what pole we call kisses. Them. Yeah. The, the, the like, uh, what is it? Skin burn. Not It's not rug burn. I guess pole burn. Right. Pole burn. It is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It takes your skin off. 
Take your skin off. Yeah. So a lot of it can be physically taxing. And then just like you don't realize your upper body strength or even your lower body strength, just holding your own weight on the pole and Mm -hmm. doing like all the different flips and maneuvers and stuff like that. Does it matter? Does it matter? Uh, as far as like being like plus size versus like slimmer, like I, I don't know. Does it does it Absolutely. does it limit you at all? When I see you do it, I'm just like, wow, that <laughs> that is sexy. And and you're just you're just floating over the pole like a swan or something. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> that's actually a pole move. It's called a sitting swan. So that's kudos for that. That that's uh, an actual pole move. It's called a sitting swan. Yeah. I appreciate you validating that. I just was <laughs> not sure about that metaphor I just made, but thank you. Yeah, you, did it. you did it. That's an actual pole move. I'm like, what have you been doing research? <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely do not have to be a certain size to do pole dancing. It is literally for every body size. Now, I will say there are certain moves that a larger person may find difficult to get into, but there are hundreds of ways to get that ass upside down on a pole. You do not have to be skinny to do it. There are so many variations and modifications. And one of the biggest myths with pole is that I always hear, oh, I need to lose weight before I decide to do it. No, you don't. You will lose weight naturally you will gain hella strength. I couldn't even do a push-up before I started doing pole dancing. Mm-hmm. Like not even just a basic modification, what they call them, girl push-ups. I couldn't yeah. even do a girl push-up. <laughs> I was weak as hell. Strong in my legs, like most women are, but yeah. upper body strength was just not there. But I gained it with hours and hours of practice. And personally, I love the thick and juicy on the pole. So I want to see all the thighs, I yes. want to see all the cities. <laughs> they belong on the pole, seriously. Yes. Oh, thanks um, to the skinny minis, but I like to see thighs. <laughs> absolutely. What's the hardest part of the journey? So you already mentioned the physicality of it. Is there anything else? Mentally, it's challenging. When you think of pole dancing, period, it's extremely vulnerable. Mm-hmm. You are in a room with other women or you could just be by yourself in a private session. There's ceiling to floor mirrors and skin sticks to pole. So we're naked. A lot of our body is exposed. And for a lot of us, especially women, it's hard to even look at your own self. If you're already having that mental block of looking at your own self naked or half naked, and now you're wanting us to basically simulate sex with our bodies, right? When we're dancing, we're grinding the floor, we're body rolling, we're humping the floor, we're simulating sex. And it's a very vulnerable position to be in if you yourself have never really connected with your body and just prioritized your own pleasure. So getting that mental block, it can be very taxing. You go through a a large there's a huge journey mentally in going into this. Mm-hmm. It ain't for the weak. <laughs> I'd imagine like it's 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 a performance and you'd have to be really, really comfortable with yourself. I when I see you dancing, it's erotic, it's sensual. I don't get stripper vibes though. Um I get I that a lot. So <laughs> you understand what I'm time. saying? It's like it's like there's yeah. a spectrum of like eroticism and just raunchy shit. And 
even though I think stripping can be an art too, but I don't feel it that is an art. Side. Yeah, and stripping an Olympic sport. Very, stripping is very much an art. It's very much an art. Is stripping an Olympic sport now, or is pole dancing an Olympic sport? Well, I just want to make sure. They're trying to get pole dancing. They're trying to get pole dancing an Olympic sport. The mm-hmm. only uh, thing that I know of that pole has gone far in. Have you ever heard of the Arnold Classic? the mm, Arnold mm-hmm. Schwarzenegger classic. Yeah. yeah. There is a pole competition that happens at the Arnold classic, but that's what's that's the Arnold right. classic for those who may not know. It's a, like bodybuilding body competition, like yeah. bodybuilders, bikini models, and there is pole dancing, but it's, it's trash. <laughs> it's trash. And the only reason why I'm saying it's trash because it's extremely whitewashed. Mm. Um, you can't show, you can only show like a certain amount of, of ass of ass cheeks are they up there measuring like <laughs> the millimeters <laughs> of ass cheeks? The millimeters are... of the cheekage, boo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Millimeter of the cheekage, like right down to the to the inch. So, so that, yeah, that that's also racist because that puts it's some racist. black it's women very, very whitewashed. Yeah, yeah, at yeah, a advantage already. Many, yeah, because you definitely don't see too many women of color that are competing. Right. So yeah, it's that's trash. We're not going. We're not going to count that. <laughs> But they're trying to get it as an Olympic sport. Yes. Will it ever? Honestly, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. It's it's still very a sexualized thing. Pole dancing, whether you're doing it as a hobby or you are a professional stripper doing it, they will always society will always associate it with sex, with stripping, and that's just what it is can't water it down and it shouldn't be watered down when we first started dating you mentioned that you had a fantasy about being a stripper and i and and now that we're talking to aspen i'm wondering if it was the pole dancing or the taking off of clothes that really that that was really a part of it or was it just the the combination of the performance no it was definitely more so of the pole dancing because if you also remember i ended up taking like a burlesque class although that is like you know old school stripping but it was more about the performance and dance of it but it's, they just do some phenomenal things. Listen, we have a local pole studio, black on pole studio, like very near to our house. And after this interview, I'm definitely. What's the name of it? It's 2D Fit. I think, yeah, 2D Fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does yeah. the D stand for dick? <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, now I'm thinking of phallic symbols. <laughs> I don't think so. All right, just wondering. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I highly doubt that, but you know uh, what? So Aspen, you had mentioned some of the myths around stripping, one of them being that you don't have to be a like skinny chick to do a pole dance. But what are some uh-huh. other myths that you've heard around pole dancing? So myths around, not necessarily around pole dancing, but more stripping that most women who are strippers, we have daddy issues. So that's why we're doing it. We're trying to pay our way through school or whatever. Um, The issue with pole dancing in general and stripping in general is people are really bothered. And when I say people, I'm just going to say men, although there are some misogynistic women out there also. Mm -hmm. It's taking ownership of our sexuality, especially in a way that benefits us. People have an issue with that. And so seeing a woman being comfortable in her skin taking it all off or not taking it all off. You take off as little or as much as you want. 
and keeping it for ourselves and profiting off of it at the same time, that's power. Mm-hmm. And people have an issue with that, period. Yeah, and you're reminding me of the the Chris Rock skit that he did back in the day. And he was like, you know what? <laughs> my daughter if off I have, the pole. Yep, keep her off the pole because if she keep ends up the on the pole, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge, it's a huge myth. It just is. A lot of women who are choosing to go into stripping, they do it because they want to. They want to make money. And a lot of these women make hella money doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Daddy's daddy issues are not even a they're it's not even a factor. Some of them have great relationships with their parents, actually, <laughs> and their mm-hmm. parents support everything that they do. Mm-hmm. It's something that they want to do. Another thing, another myth that I usually hear with pole dancing is women who choose to do it, we're very hypersexual. Mm-hmm. You know, pussy is on 20 all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't get enough. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It's false. We deserve love and we want healthy, non-toxic relationships just like anybody else. This is just something that we do for ourselves. It's not for anyone else but us. That's Mm -hmm. why we choose to do it. So Aspen, do you incorporate stripping into your dance or is it just pole dancing wearing erotic clothing? I don't think I recall you stripping. And if I'm I'm wrong, then you need to point me to that video immediately. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those, those videos, uh, any type of strip that I do. Only um, fans, it, only fans. Just say it. It's on yep. only fans. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Privacy <laughs> of my own home. The furthest I will go with stripping is if I do a showcase in which a showcase we're technically not allowed to show nipples. So as much as you'll see is a pasty, I will show pasty. You might see a couple of lip slips. It happens. Mm-hmm. The outfits are, are skimpy. So a couple of the lips might slip. Yeah. But outside of just what I regularly post, it's just me in my class teaching. Yeah. No nip slips there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay for those. A brother, a brother could dream. <laughs> well, you can also just pay for her OnlyFans. <laughs> so don't be mad at me, but I've been sleeping on OnlyFans. I promise I'm going to get one. Oh, I you don't saying. have one. So wait a minute. No. So, wait, wait. So, so, oh, are these like private videos? So I'd have to like send you an Instagram request or something. How do I, you, you how, do, how do I see them pasties? Y'all <laughs> are on my close friends list. On Instagram, y'all know what the what the green circle, y'all know what that means when All that right, green yes. circle pops up. She about to show something. So when you see that, you're gonna oh, see something. Okay, so just, I got it. Just know okay. that. Okay. All right. I would like to do OnlyFans, but honestly, I just think that's so exhausting. The amount of content that I would have to produce mm-hmm. to stay up to date on yeah. OnlyFans. I don't know how they do it. That's for them young folks. I'm not young. yeah no that's what i've heard though it it is very time intensive but that's i mean i think that's with a lot of content creation especially these days um Mm -hmm. if you're gonna do something like that like you have to really be committed and be ready to produce like a lot of content all the time yeah it's a full-time job yeah yeah. So you you have a partner, a husband, is that right? Or a boyfriend? I don't I'm not sure. I know that there's, there's some, some, somebody grabbed somebody got it. No, nope, nobody got it. So who's getting it? <laughs> 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 
am divorced. I am currently dating, but that's about it. So no, no one has this on a regular. <laughs> oh my goodness. I am a single and holla at your girl. <laughs> I suspect. So Belle, I'm actually reflecting on you a little bit because oh, okay. when we first entered the lifestyle, yeah. there was a, there was an aspect of performance to our mm -hmm. play. Yes. And for you, that is something that really turned you on. Mm -hmm. Like when you knew you were performing in front of a crowd, yeah. you got down. Right. You rode with a little bit more grace. You took <laughs> you took back back shots like a champ. Uh, and so I got questions for you, Aspen, what this has done for your sex life. So are you in the lifestyle? Are you polyamorous? Are you like, what's going on? I am in the LS. I operate right now as a unicorn because I don't have a, a partner yet. I have had partners in the past that we have been in the LS together and it, it didn't quite go well. So, hmm. Yeah. So the first guy that I was in the LS with, he was in it prior to me. He didn't introduce me. I had always known about the lifestyle, but oh. he was like really, he was really in it. And yeah. as a single male. Mm. So when he and I got together, we would go to our local club and he was well known there, but then I stepped on the scene with him mm. and I was getting all the attention and he liked that. Mm. So when it came to wanting to mingle with other couples, play with other couples, he pretty much took over. Well, no, not them. Well, yes, them. And I'm like, well, hold on. I don't get any kind of say in it because I'm not feeling them, but I'm feeling the other people over there. Right. There was a lot of jealousy mm -hmm. in it and it just, it just did not work. And then it got to a point where he didn't really like my pole dancing. Uh, Wait, he didn't, he, didn't like, like, he didn't like your pole dancing as if he was critiquing it or he just didn't like not critiquing it. His words exactly were, I don't like seeing other men look at you in that way. Mm. Well, how are you in the lifestyle? <laughs> listen, Belle, listen, I could write a book. It was the most interesting relationship I had ever been in. Like, yeah. hands down, I could write a book. I probably should. But yeah, it was interesting. A lot of insecurities, a lot of jealousy. Mm -hmm. And it got to a point where we just stopped. We just stopped going to the clubs, oh, period. Because yeah. it was just too much conflict. So now I just operate as a unicorn. I will meet a couple. If I'm digging them, I'll play. But a lot of couples have been very predatory lately. Ooh, so predatory. Yeah, just unicorn hunters. Mm -hmm. And it's usually for the man and not the woman. Mm -hmm. She really has no kind of say so. And I like connecting with the woman personally. Yeah. It's easy for me to connect with men. I have no issue there. Never have. So I don't really care too much about them. No. Right. Wow. It's easy for you to connect with men, man. I, I sure have a totally different experience with certain co-hosts in the room. <laughs> I don't have a problem connecting with men. It is the quantity of men that I choose to connect with that you take issue. That part. It's the quantity and the quality. Yeah. Quality mm -hmm. matters a lot. Mm -hmm. um, especially the older you get. I'll mm -hmm. be 44 in July. So the the quality matters. Yes. Fix, fix your lips, bomber. Fix your lips. <laughs> 
<laughs> you you get ready to say something. What you get ready to say? Yeah, Forty four. Come on, stop lying. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is the truth. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, black don't crack. You know, that's right. Age like keeps me young. Mm-hmm. Keeps me young. Pole dancing keeps me young. But yeah, I would much rather connect with a woman versus the man. So whenever I meet couples and it's usually the man of the relationship that I'm hearing from the most, of course, I get turned off. I get turned off instantly mm. because it's like, are you doing this? This is benefiting you. And it really should be benefiting the both of you really. It should be benefiting her. Right. So those are the couples that I stay away from. Yeah. I could imagine that a woman in a relationship, first of all, Women are lazy when it comes to this kind of hey. thing. Let me just say that. Yes, y'all lazy. <laughs> Man out here doing all the work. We out here making all the deals, making all the calls, text, sending all the texts. Y'all just be like, I don't know. And that's really what be going on there. And if you you print you pretty, you pretty Aspen. So it's like, damn, she's like, you know, intimidated and shit. There's a lot of things that men have to deal with. We gotta deal, we gotta deal with a lot of bullshit. A lot of bullshit. She's like, yeah, I want a third. I want a unicorn, but she can't be prettier than me. No, she can't be prettier than me. Oh my she, God. she has to be just pretty enough. And all, all these little stipulations, this is some bullshit. First of all, not all women. Okay. okay. All right. Second of all, Bell, when was the last time you went on SLS? Never. Exactly. Like, I mean, Cassidy, not never, no, but you life, know what I'm saying. Uh, but that's Facebook, me. Oh, what? I know I'm not. I'm, I know I'm. That's. I know that that is not my ministry. That is not what I'm doing. I'm not out here looking for folks. Absolutely not. All my job <laughs> is is to show up and look good. I, you I know that's right. <laughs> show yeah. up and look good. <laughs> you, you reminded me of, I think there was an interview somebody did with Rihanna. They said the wrong goddamn thing. They said something. To, I, I guess Rihanna was single at the time. And they <laughs> asked her, so you out, she was at an awards show. She, they were like, okay, so you, you looking for a boyfriend out here? And she was looking for a man. And she's like, looking for a man. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. She's like, first of all, I'm not looking for a man. He's looking for me. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's that's the energy. That's the energy mm-hmm. that I carry. Yeah. For real. That is I'm not looking for a man. A man is looking for me. That's I'm right. busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. Um busy but also dodging unicorn hunters, which I <laughs> which I think is a really interesting title. It just sounds so badass to me. I'm a unicorn hunter. It's like <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been doing that? Poachers, uni- unicorn poachers. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. That that sounds a little bit more predatory. Yeah. When I occasionally will go to a spot like Taboo, and Taboo has the poles in the club, and a lot of clubs has the poles. Are, are when you go and when you go into a lifestyle spot, assuming that this is the kind of thing you do, <laughs> do you find yourself jumping on those poles? Because I have, I, I don't know if you heard the horror story I told, I had to tell a few years ago. Um, when I helped set up a pole at a party and this chick got on it and I told her the pole is secure and it, it certainly it wasn't it wasn't secure at all. It, it broke while she was on it. And I always felt oh, bad about no. that. But do you often find yourself jumping on the pole at these parties? 
It's funny you should bring that up because the very first time I went to Taboo, I did get on their polls. Uh, <laughs> she said polls. I got on both of them. Right. I, got, I got two of them. I got. I have to get on both. Of them. I did get on the poll. I did, and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I was not properly dressed to climate. Mm-hmm. I had on jeans and some thigh high boots, but I still managed to do my thing, and I had fun. So yeah. Whenever there's a poll, I'm going to get on it. That's just the given. So I have a question about the mindfulness aspect of pole dancing. When I see you dancing on that pole, I'm like, I feel like you're in a totally different universe. But I'm wondering if you could just talk a little bit about just that that feeling you have when you're just spinning on that thing. Uh, It's euphoric. I love, obviously, being a dancer. Music fuels me. It drives me. So a certain song could come on. There's certain songs that I love to practice to, just dance to on a regular. And once I hear it, it just takes me to just another space in general. It really allows me to just really connect with my body, which is hard to do, you know, almost like when you're having sex, you're you're trying to turn your mind off to other things that you're thinking about, stuff that you have to do, mm-hmm. and really just trying to focus on your breath, focus on your body, what it's doing, how it's responding. It's the same thing with dancing. Um, so when you can definitely have some mental blocks, I've had bad bad practice days, bad class days where I'm just not feeling it, whether I'm mentally tired, physically tired. So doesn't even matter the song. I'm just not there. But then there are some days where I just wake up, boom, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your ideal? Like, do you have a, do you have a song in mind when it comes to you being your, your fantasy of being on a stage and stripping? Do you have like the music that's playing? Oh. I know you thought about this. No, not, no, not really, really not the, not a specific song. Uh-uh. Okay. No, every woman has that one song. I mean, I I would say Jodeci. it's definitely not Jodeci. It would not be a man singing oh, for me. Okay. So, Shade. no, can you? All right. <laughs> so I always really like Cater to You by Destiny Child. Oh, um, good one. Yeah, yeah I think one. that one would probably be one. And then, oh, what's the song? It's back by, that ass up. It is not no. back <laughs> that ass. Up. It's by Sierra, and like she. Oh, body party. Yes, body party. Yep, that's a good one. Yeah, I yeah, definitely dance for that one. That's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite song? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, <laughs> I have too many. I have too many songs to choose from. I can't narrow that down. I don't know who, I don't know if he's on the shit list because of what he recently said, but. R. Kelly? Please, I will never dance for that. <laughs> he is permanently canceled. Permanently. Permanently canceled. Chris Brown. Um, uh, I like Under the Influence. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know Chris Brown didn't piss on a minor, but your man has some controversies. <laughs> Chris Brown has had, he's still, he's still young and he's still growing up and he, he growing up. 
He growing up. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about. Some, he involved, get involved in some shit recently. The most recent thing I know about is the Grammys thing where he lost to Robert Glasper and he like yes. went on a rant on Twitter, like, who is this nigga? And everybody was like, nigga, where you been? Um, exactly. <laughs> that part. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm saying. He's He's not on the cancel list again. I'm like, Chris, don't get canceled again. Like, you right. can't afford it yeah. <laughs> to be canceled again. But yeah, I like dancing to Under the Influence by Chris Brown. That's that's always a go-to for mine. Anything by the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a good group. Yeah, love I their like songs. Them. Yeah, yeah I, like I love them. They definitely get me right. They get me in the right headspace to just mm-hmm. flow. Yeah. It's just happenstance that we are talking to somebody who is in the stripper sort of exotic world and a listener of ours sent us a list of tips to follow when going to a strip club. Now, um, we anticipated that some people would be upset about these tips because the tips are really for patrons to save some money because i'm gonna tell you right now (laughs) i've gone in strip clubs where i was like you know what i got about 125 dollars to spend right now Mm -hmm. i'm not buying any drinks just a couple of lap dances and then i'm gonna go home and then i end up spending 600 (laughs) and and i feel and, and every time that happens i'm like how did that happen and it's like going to target Mm-hmm. Yes, go on a Target or go into the casino, depending on you know. But um, uh, or IKEA—that's what—that's the other—that's the other spot that does it to you. <laughs> but these tips were really important to me because I'm just like, oh, this is how I avoid that six hundred dollar bill at the end of the night. And and a lot of strippers, or specifically people in the stripper community, did not feel that shit. Oh, no. They were we not feeling that. Some list. people in the stripper community very oh, upset. Oh, they got they got mad. I can see why I read the post and and I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it did not get my heart. It did not yeah. get the heart like said, I ain't liking this shit. <laughs> what is this? But, what is this? It just sound like a man who don't want to spend his money in a strip club. And stripping is a job. Like they have bills to pay. And the whole idea of oh well strippers are in hustle mode. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> like, duh. Yes, we are selling a fantasy. However, we are still trying to profit off of that. Like this is not We've got mouths to feed. We've got mortgages, rent, whatever, car notes. Like, yeah, I can so only I- afford. I could only afford to make it rain like maybe twice. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying like, like that's not enough. That's not me. enough for y'all, Aspen. <laughs> I, I can only make it rain twice. I can only buy one drink. Let's <laughs> <laughs> say. The only thing that I probably little bit agreed with was not dealing with a drunk stripper. Mm-hmm. That That is kind of sloppy. Most strippers, especially the ones that I'm very familiar with and friends with, they don't drink while they're on the job or they might have a couple of drinks here and there. But for a lot of strippers, it's about connecting to the patron. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of strippers, it's, they're socially awkward. You know, I'm not socially awkward. So in order to loosen up to make that connection, they might have to get a little bit loose with the drinks or whatever. And if they're not careful, it can just go wrong. Yeah. So that's probably like the only thing that I agreed with slightly, but 
later for the rest of that bullshit. Yeah, exactly. all right, all right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out to my listener and just be like, yo, there's a lot of fellas who saw that. He knew he was going. He knew that this post was gonna get some heat, so he anticipated it. Garbage. But there's a lot of fellas who read that post and they were like, oh shit, I'm going to the strip club right now. <laughs> but you know what? Those folks wouldn't have made it to the strip club unless that post came out. So that might be some more money in y'all pockets. The only other thing I'm gonna say about this, only thing I'm gonna say about this is that somebody somebody went a little bit overboard and reposted the reel but then they said they they put like lo- how to lowball your strippers right <laughs> i wasn't insulted at all i was like first of all you just shared something you shouldn't have shared like you got a lot of followers <laughs> that are going to strip clubs and they read that shit and they were like Oh, I don't have to make it rain if they sitting up there just pole dancing. I don't have to I don't have to put money on the stage. I didn't know that. I thought I had to do that. <laughs> we trying to get these men kicked out of right. the club. Mm-hmm. You trying to get them kicked out. It's a job. I, they no, got to make money too. I, I feel you. The, but the thing is, we had, I think the last time we went to a club, a strip club, we were with uh, a group of couples mm-hmm. and me and you were at the stage just like, you know, giving tips. And the two fellas were in the back. Like, I feel like they got this memo a long time ago because <laughs> they weren't doing anything. They weren't engaging. They weren't buying drinks. They were doing nothing. But they waited until like later in the night where like like some bad, bad chicks came on stage. Um, and that's when they got up and gave their money. And so I'm wondering now, who's wrong? <laughs> who's wrong here? Because if it's about folks selling a a, a fantasy, mm-hmm. uh, these guys were just sitting in the back. They weren't just giving money to any stripper. They waited for the baddest ones to come on stage. They waited for their fantasy to show up to start laying down money. Are they wrong? for taking advantage of all those other women that came on stage that they weren't interested in tipping? I'm not going to say no. (laughs) They're not wrong. (laughs) It's a double-edged sword. Okay. My question is, were they sitting up front the whole time while the other dancers were on stage or did they just lay in the cut the whole time? Oh, they just, oh, they just laid in the cut. I mean, I mean, if they laid in the cut, they laid in the cut. But here's the thing. If they knew, I'm going to assume that this was not their first time coming to that strip club, right? Well, this was their first time coming to that strip club, not their first time coming to a strip club. But that was, we just, we were out of town. I think this yeah. was in like South Carolina, South Carolina mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they knew, I guess, just within strip club culture, the baddest bitches come on later why would they come in earlier if they knew that they were going to see something better to their liking later in the evening? Come later. Why are you coming during the day and just taking up space? Mm. Come later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. And you know what? That post of yours said that don't come during or come during the middle of the day. Yeah. Because, because there are some bad bitches that take the lunch hour. Right. You know, you got your second shift, third shift people who has getting off work on their way to work and the lunch crew can be hot. There's some hot girls that dance during the lunch crew. They pick up the truck drivers and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck that little post about come during, you know, <laughs> stuff. Do you have anything coming up soon or? 
I do actually. I have a workshop coming up. It's a sensual and sensory awareness movement workshop that's coming up on the 19th. It's happening in person at Heartfelt Pulse Studio. I don't know if I'll do a virtual one right now. This is in person, but definitely stay tuned for more details on that. And that's it. I teach regularly on the weekends. So if you're ever in the Columbus, Ohio area and you want to take a class, come say, hey, be ready to work because I'm a working. Awesome. And where can our listeners find you? So find me, I'm just on Instagram only. So it's only underscore Aspen 511 underscore is my handle. And then if you find yourself in the Columbus, Ohio area, we're at Heartfelt Pole Studio. The link is in my bio. If you want to sign up for classes and come take a class with me, I teach every Saturday and Sunday. So yeah, that's how you can find me. No OnlyFans yet. <laughs> yet. Right. Yes. Yes. I'm. I'm waiting. As soon as you open it, just, just, just send me the link. I'm just, <laughs> don't, don't. He will be your first subscriber. Yeah. I believe it, I'm, and I will I'm, not. I won't have a problem with that. Okay. I promise not to come during the lunch hour only, though. So. <laughs> All right. So. So thanks so much, Aspen, for being on the show. I appreciate you. You're welcome. I appreciate you both. Thank you for having me. All right, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed that interview. As always, you will be able to find information on all of our guests in our show notes. Check them out, follow them, message them, email them, connect with them, find out where the next event is happening. I peace. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please do check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Black and Kinky. You can also find us under the same name on Cassidy, APG, Amore Getaways, and Patreon. Check us out on Facebook and YouTube under Black and Kinky Lifestyle. Feel free to email us at black, the letter N, kinky, lifestyle at gmail.com. Bye. Black and Kinky, Black and Kinky. Black and Kinky Lifestyle.